You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Clear the aisles, the projectionist has to be, uh, Hi, I'm here with Yitzhak Kolokowski. And the uh, topic we've sort of neglected, which is vintage TV. Um, so, uh, Yitzhak, uh, why don't you start us off and uh, I'll, I'll react. Go ahead. I, well, we, we're coming up to American Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to Canadian Thanksgiving, which was, yeah. which, which was last month. Last yeah. month, yeah. yeah. And uh, we had, we had a, a little program at the prison last night. We had six different chaplains and the, and the warden all. We each gave a little, said, said a little five-minute uh, mini-sermon, something. We had... Uh, we had three different Christian chaplains, Catholic, Protestant, and Orthodox, and then we had a, a Native American chaplain. We had our pagan chaplain that we just hired, and, and myself. So it was, uh, and I, I I couldn't get through without quoting some kind of movie. I quoted The Incredible Shrinking Man, the the soliloquy at the end there. Oh I, boy, that 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 film send shivers up your spine yeah that we'll, we'll a... have to talk about that another time yes 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 i think maybe maybe that maybe maybe next week maybe we can discuss yes, that yes the incredible shrinking man is a muster schmooze um that is it really... actually ends with a muster schmooze that's that's what you know that's, that's... i'm saying the whole idea of really you know it's it, it really is kafka-esque uh to the extreme um and i actually read the book uh, that it was based on after I saw the movie in, in Memphis when I was a little kid. Um, and the book is quite weird, to tell you the truth, especially as he's shrinking the, the you know, he tries to, um, you, know, uh, you know, he tries to give himself some sort, some sort of companionship. If you remember, he has like this little doll that he's, that he's sort of connected to. Really is a very, very quite... What happens when you shrink into nothing? Hear about uh, the the assemblage of chaplains that were involved in the Thanksgiving convocation. I guess you're sort of indicating, and this we're not this is not a halachic show or, or a Torah show, that Thanksgiving still retains somewhat of a religious nature, and that we need perhaps men of religion, men of the cloth like yourself and others, uh, to sort of give a uh, a sense of how Thanksgiving can be more. Than just uh, sitting around and stuffing yourself and watching football and getting drunk, so I guess that's really your point that it needs to be somewhat of an uplifting experience. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to uh, steal your thunder here and say that you were looking for some programs, either in, in vintage TV or whatever, uh, that could somehow um, bring somewhat of the Thanksgiving message, right? And and so I found I found a Thanksgiving episode that didn't really have any kind of Thanksgiving message, it was really more talking. And I think it, it, it serves me to kind of commiserate. I myself will be at work. Episode that I did find, you know, kind of speaks about that aspect of that life still goes on when, uh, when most people have, you know, a day off, not everybody gets right. a day. Off. Right. right. And so certainly, um, even if the chaplains in the prison technically might have the day off, I, I'm, I'm, I have reasons why I. Uh, 1955, 
uh, episode of Dragnet, which is which you know a, a show that I grew up with <coughs> watching on Nick at Night. Uh, you know, I, I I really grew up with Nick at Night. I think you know kind of more than 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 almost anything else. You know that right. really and, 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 other and than maybe the Simpsons and this. Yeah. But the thing was the the Nick at Night episodes were all from the '60s in color for the most part. Right. But those I, are the episodes that I watched when I was growing up uh, yeah. in, as, as a child. And I realized only later that Dragnet's pedigree actually stemmed back from the late 40s and early 50s when the program uh, was part of the sort of the incredible fascination post-World War II into police procedurals. Um, and I, that was, a, it was, a, it was it was the rage to really find out. And I think part of what Jack Webb was trying to do and this really explains why a Thanksgiving episode isn't an uplifting one, is because he wanted the program to be real and not, not gritty, but detailed. It's almost like this is an actual program, right? The story you're about to hear is true. That's the way every Dragnet episode starts. Meaning movies are fictionalized, television shows are fictionalized, in order to give a certain dramatic punch where they don't necessarily uh, exist. If you want to know what a policeman does during a day, well, part of it is chasing a lead that goes nowhere. Part of it might be finding someone who is actually a, a crook that we need to apprehend. But part of it is dealing with Mrs. McGillicuddy uh, because her toaster uh, got plugged in incorrectly and or whatever. Or, or, or Mrs. Kravitz is worried about the fact that uh, you know something strange is going on across the street, and I think that's part of what, what was the appeal of of Dragnet was that people didn't speak like they were uh, on a stage, they spoke in a monotone, right? And that was part of why so many people used uh, Dragnet as uh, for, to parody Dragnet. There's so many cartoons that I watched when I was growing up that were clearly uh, parodies of. Of, of, of Webb in other films where he didn't play this role. Um, but uh, this was a role that he crafted. This is a role that he was involved, a total production. It's a role that he loved. It's a role that he relished. Um, I, I know he did I, I, get- I, I, didn't, I don't think even I realized until you know tonight watching this episode, I was, you know, and having grown up watching Dragnet uh, you know, in reruns, obviously, it was already 20, 30 years old when I was watching it then. And I, I don't think I paid that much attention to the credits to recognize that it was it was Jack Webb who produced and directed the show. Yes, produced, directed, and, uh, you know, also casted it, of course, in terms of as the producer. Um, he Now, he did work together with, um, you know, the Los Angeles Police Department, and I know they were very right. happy uh, about the positive ways that the program uh, highlighted police, um, it was it wasn't uh, like an internal affairs ugly investigation. It didn't have the darkness of film noir where the cop is on the take. Um, and I think that that's one of the reasons why it, it sort of was an outlier in some ways because it didn't have that dramatic punch. But on the other hand, it sort of uh, it was sort of I guess. Uh, addictive as a program, and as you can see, it came back in the 60s. It actually had another iteration. Uh, you know, we should get our friend Tom uh, to discuss it with us, but it had another iteration as Adam 12, which was really, you know, basically the same idea of Dragnet, 
but going to the police academy and having two young recruits. Um, I think Marty Milner was in Adam 12. So that was also produced by Jack Webb. I don't know if you knew that, but that was sort of like his idea that he felt, um, you know, he felt that Dragnet could be like a, a tree that could have branches. So this episode, this Thanksgiving episode, do you remember the title? Can you give us a short synopsis of, of what, what goes on? The title is The Big Thanksgiving. And so this is, again, this is still back from the 50s, uh, which, uh, again, like you said, the show had already been on, I guess, for seven years. I think it was, was started in 1948 on the radio, perhaps, or uh, around that time. So it's, and, and how long, how long lived the show was that it went on for uh, 20 years or so. Um, so this was when Webb, his uh, Friday's uh, uh, partner was, was Officer Smith, who was played by Ben Alexander. And he, and, and he doesn't really play much of a part in this episode, but uh, basically the story is that there's been a mugger who's been attacking women who are coming off of trains and streetcars uh, you know, at, at night when it's, there's not much uh, foot traffic and he has a gun and uh, he's been stealing wa uh, purses. And really everything you just described was in this episode. Um, you know, the one thing that, you know, was that it just happened to, and it seemed like in real life, it, this took place over Thanksgiving. And because there was a culprit that they were trying to catch, everyone had to be at work on Thanksgiving. No one was able to take the day off. So one of the things that they said was, you know, to one of the officers, you know, don't have your wife try to call to get you to get the day off. You're not getting the day off. You have to work over Thanksgiving and that's, you know, just like doctors and, you, you know, sure? uh, well, you know, correctional I'm, I'm, officers and everyone else and, and, and EMTs and certainly police have to go to work on Thanksgiving. They don't get that day off. Then that's just a, a slice of real life that really, and there's no Thanksgiving message. There's nothing, you know, about, oh, you know, just, you know, they happen to say happy Thanksgiving, you know, they're Friday and Smiths are sitting in the, in, in a uh, in, in a diner eating and there and Smith is commenting on how instead of serving turkey they're serving rabbit at the diner for Thanksgiving and, <laughs> and uh, which yeah. was kind of strange right. you know, uh, by, by, by the way just to let everybody know the the titles of all the dragnet programs were all the big something that's the way uh, you know, that's the way he had them the big you know it, whether you know you're talking about the big Thanksgiving the big customer the big rush the big lift the big rain, all of those are various of, of designating uh, their programs, but, you know. Because there really I, wasn't anything so big about Thanksgiving. It just happened to actually be over right. Thanksgiving. And, right. it's and sort of fun. you saw that the, the waitress at the diner also had to be working Thanksgiving and, you know, mm -hmm. and they wished each other a happy Thanksgiving. And, and that was just about it. That was the extent so, of the Thanksgiving show. Absolutely. It wasn't like the Cheers episode where they, you know, they, they went away for dinner and dressed up like pilgrims and all that stuff. Yeah, well, again, you, you just, there's a sitcom that, you know, that, that feeds off of giving people what they want. People want to see a Thanksgiving episode. Um, I, again, that's part of what the Dragnet was about was, hey, life is the, these little details. Um, again, I, I'll, I'll tell you just, you know, you know, the people have talked about, um, you know, uh, Joe Friday's partner. That's uh, Jack Webb's character, Joe Friday. Um, 
don't know why I came up with the name Joe Friday. I'm not sure. I'm sure people know. Um, and I know the badge, of course, was 714, which is the, uh, <laughs> that's, that was like the symbol of, of the program. And of course, everybody knows the, the, the theme music, which is probably ranks up there with, um, I guess, probably one of the most well-known theme music, uh, perhaps any other, perhaps any program. Um, so it is, uh, uh, again, uh, you know, Webb's choice of his, uh, of his partner in terms of the banter between them uh, is, I guess, somewhat of the humor, the highlights of the episode. Uh, in the 60s, the shows you watched, the ones I saw when they were not reruns, uh, you had Harry Morgan, who, of course, it was a, uh, you know, started, of course, as a character actor uh, in the 40s and, and 50s, usually playing a pretty, either a dope or uh, a pretty mean fellow. Uh, I think he, he probably he enters... judges a lot, wasn't he? He was as he got older. I think he ended up, um, you know, of course in Mash he played, of course, the Colonel, and I think that's probably uh, the the program that he that he lasted the longest. Yeah, again, he did a show. He, but he, Harry Morgan is a, is is a real, although he wasn't in some films, he's a real creature of television. Yeah. And oh, um, yeah, I think he played the judge in um, in, in Inherit the Wind, didn't he? He, I think, had a lot more acting skill uh, than Jack Webb did. And yeah, yeah. I remember when I watched the program, you know, he seemed more like an animated real person. I don't know. I don't know if Joe Friday ever really rose beyond an automaton. The other thing about Dragon I mean, the thing was is, the thing is, I know, I, I know, you know, one of the lieutenants in the in the prison who he, he's Joe Friday. He he, uh, he walks like he doesn't he doesn't move his arms when he walks. You know, he's like he's he's like a robot. He's like you know. I, I understand. I understand. I, I, again, I, put it this way, I I think I could take one or two episodes. I definitely could not go on a dragnet binge or right. a, a cavalcade of dragnet programs. I don't think I don't think you could watch more than one or two at a time. Oh, I think yeah. it's they 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 definitely <laughs> they definitely have a monotonous. Uh, quality to them and uh, I think the part of the program that I, I, I sort of thought was the the least natural was at the end of the program if there was someone that was arrested you know they, they would tell you what happened to this guy right they would say um, you know uh, you know you know, you know, you know Shmero Kalevsky was uh, was sentenced uh, the four years in the Los Angeles Penitentiary, or something like that, or the California Penitentiary School, and then and then you would you would you would the camera would focus on the actor that was playing Shmero Galevsky, right? You no, know, then you, like you'd see his face. Oh, they caught this guy, right? Yeah. Um, which of course, come on. I mean, you, know, you, you you're trying to have verite uh, from this. I think part of it was you know similar to the, the another program that was very popular when I was growing up was called the FBI. Uh, which had a nice Jewish fellow in it, Ephraim Zimbus Jr., of course, um, which was also well, he a, a born again Christian, didn't he? Uh, yeah, did he actually? Well, yeah, but it was it, it, it was a a law and order uh, uh, program. Um, Ephraim Zimbus, by the way, uh, was in Batman the animated series. He, of course, was the was the voice of Alfred in that series. He did a great job in that. Most of the voice acting in that in that cartoon was. It was excellent, excellent, really, you know, really top of the line. And Ephraim Zimbalist, uh, you know, along with Mark Hamill, of course, as the Joker and others, it was like a, a really a, a wonderful. Did the fellow play Batman just pass away? Uh, Kevin Conroy? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Conroy was really also really something. They were all 
excellent. But I remember Ephraim Zimbalist's second life as a voice actor. Um, but again, this was a time, the 40s, 50s, and 60s, when there was a strong streak of law and order. Um, uh, you know, Jimmy Stewart made the This is certainly, I mean, by today's standards, this would be a patriotic show because the cops are the good guys. They're not. Right. Yes, 100%. You don't have the dirty cops. You don't have the. Yeah. Sticking with old. They're not heavy drinkers. They're not, you know, they're just, they're just doing their job, doing what they're supposed to do. I think the other thing that we mentioned before we move on is the fact that because it was ultra realistic, they were able to really deal with topics like women being assaulted, drug use. Even in the 60s, they, uh, Dragnet, dealt with marijuana issues and other things that other television programs sort of had to stay a little bit far away from. Um, and I think because it was supposed to be somewhat like a documentary, uh, subjects like that, even homosexuality and other things, uh, really uh, became, a, they, were, they were in Dragnet, they were on the table uh, in ways that in regular sitcoms or other types of drama programs, the censors might have been a little bit leery of, but Dragnet was able to get away with it. So again, you, you couldn't- you, Yeah, this episode it had a little bit of that. Again, this was, this was still from the, from the 50s, but the, you know, one of the aspects was, you know, like you said, that all these false leads that they had around this case that, you know, they picked up all these different people who still, you know, were criminals and still probably belonged in jail, but it wasn't the perp they were trying to catch. And um, this one uh, woman who ran a motel, she said, you, you got to come over. We heard this story in the news. And, you know, this, the, you're looking for a guy who's stealing purses. There's one guy in the hotel here who, um, who has uh, just a whole bunch of purses in, in his... Uh, yeah. Right. Room. right. So, and she mentioned this is a men's hotel. Women are not allowed to be guests here. <laughs> you know, which I think was, uh, you know, a comment you know, that you know ma made reference to something that wouldn't really they couldn't really say what it, what they were meaning, but they right. What they meant they, was that the man was the man had homosexual tendencies or something like that. So or 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 that they don't allow women there because because they're concerned of uh, prostitution. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. The so let's move on. Uh, and Dragon, of course, can be found uh, not only in, you know, you could find the old DVDs uh, that perhaps have some of the old programs, but they, many of them, I think, are available for free on YouTube or maybe yeah, this, Tubi, this, perhaps. This episode, is, this episode is, because I think the episodes from the 50s probably are in the public domain already, and this one is on YouTube. And I, am I allowed to spoil what happened in the end, or are we... Not giving away. I, I spoil every program. Was not he was uh, he shot himself. He was trying to shoot himself out of getting caught, and he himself wound up not only killing the police officer but also himself being killed. So when they had the at the end, you know, instead of saying the time that he spent in prison, they said that they they actually you know they had to the coroner had to have a a court appearance to decide that this was a justifiable homicide on the on the side of the police officers uh that he was that the perp was was trying to avoid evade arrest and and meanwhile the officer who who killed him himself was shot killed and and joe friday is trying to give him his you know telling him 
you know, I, I was once shot and, you know, they only gave me a few hours off because it was just a, a, my skin was grazed. But, you know, you're going to get six weeks off, you know, living the good life, staying home because, uh, you know, this is a pretty bad wound, but you'll get better and they'll, they'll plug you up and you'll be fine. And, and then and, and the cop winds up dropping dead after after uh, after Friday is trying to give him this chizik of, you know, now you're going to survive and you're going to. You're gonna enjoy a few few nice weeks off because of this, and then, uh, and then when the um, one of the other officers says to Friday, there, you know, how sad it is that both both of these men are, got killed, and he said, no, only only one man died. The other one was was you know he didn't he was like a, he didn't they, deserve. Friday feels he didn't deserve the appellation of a man. Okay, yeah. look, uh, let, let's move from Dragnet, which is in the public domain. You could find, if not all of the episodes, to another program, which I think you can find on some of the streaming services. It's unfortunate that this television program, you cannot find all the episodes uh, online or streaming. I'm not sure exactly why. It seems like there might be some issues with the, 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 the producers. You could probably somehow search for all the old DVDs if you, if you can. And this is the program Taxi. Now, the reason why I'm thinking about Taxi, first of all, it was a favorite of ours uh, when my wife and I, uh, when we would see the program in reruns. And even I think we might have seen some of the episodes uh, when they were actually first run, although I'm not 100% sure if we did. Uh, but it was a program that, um, that had a hang to it. We talk about theme music. I think Taxi's theme music was unique in uh, television that time. You know, I'll do a little bit of my own version of it. It seems like they're going to be singing that nigga to the coil now. Anyway, so I think that song is actually, it was actually some, it was recorded as an independent song before it went to Taxi, but it's definitely the theme to Taxi. And it's a very, I think it's a very, unlike, you know, a brass type of Peter Gunn or um, uh, 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 Patty Duke or even Gilligan's Island, it's like a show, this is a show that, similar to Dragnet in a way, that it might not go any place. It's a show about human beings, a show that might have a little moral. Um, we're going to actually take you into a bunch of sad sacks, uh, people who are uh, having to drive a cab. None of them really sees themselves as a cab driver, in essence, but they happen to have to find jobs like Uber drivers today. Um, and you could probably get the same type of stories. Um, it was a obviously a, uh, a, a, a cast of uh, an ensemble cast um, there were programs that featured one character over the other. And I think the Taxi in many ways heralded programs like Cheers, like Frasier, um, that, or Friends as well. Um, Wings also. Taxi in a way, um, James Brooks, who of course was a Jewish fellow who developed the idea, and he developed it around Judd Hirsch. And that was part of the reason why I thought about Taxi, because Judd Hirsch is in the news again. Um, He's, he plays uh, in, in, uh, Uncle Boris in the movie The Fablemans, which is Steven Spielberg's uh, latest uh, production, which is uh, meant to sort of 
a, a very much an autobiographical version of himself, of a young fellow who comes from a broken home, who ends up going, who loves movies and, and things like that, and is encouraged by uh, his, his great uncle Boris, who was played by Judd Hirsch in the film. Judd Hirsch is 87 years old now. Uh, he wasn't a young fellow uh, when, he was, when he was in Taxi, but he had a certain aplomb. He was very obviously a Jewish character. Uh, Carol Kane, of course, was in with Andy Kaufman. Two other Jewish actors were in that uh, were in that program, along with uh, Ray Ray Perlman was a uh, was a guest star. Uh, she had a recurring role as Louis as Louis's Lou, girl. He really made his name. He he started as actually uh, just as a, uh, a guest star in one of the programs, and you should you can relate to this, of course, because he played Reverend Jim Ignatowski. <laughs> also, sort of a, a a person giving out ordinations uh, and, and 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 preaching out of his drug-induced state, um, and then he became a regular Christopher Lloyd. Um, Andy Kaufman, um, his connection to the the program uh, was quite interesting, uh, and because officially he was only like a guest star, um, he didn't sign up to do every program. Uh, he was really, of course, making a name for himself as a, as a uh, doing his uh, unique type of stand-up craziness uh, that that you can still find clips of. But in many ways, he was really ultra talented and really even you know a, a bigger phenomena than almost anybody in the program. Um, I think the the program lasted around five years. I can't say that every single one of them was a like unlike. I think I think Frazier, although I don't really like program, I think the casting is 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 almost is, is almost perfect in Frazier in terms of what they were trying to get. Um, I, Cheers, close. Um, in Taxi, some of these actors or actresses don't really deserve to be part of an ensemble. Um, uh, Bobby Wheeler, uh, but I would say you know Tony Danza, of course ended up having a pretty long career in sitcoms after that and who's the boss um mary lou henner a little bit of uh, cheesecake for people but she's actually quite a uh, an intelligent woman she's she has a photographic memory i don't know if you know that uh, she's one of the few people that has been shown to have photographic memory um and uh, I, I think it's probably you know, tax is probably the best thing she ever did and judersh i think you know sort of was the anchor of the program uh playing uh, alex rieger a Jewish uh, fellow who has been married, has a child, um, is somehow the philosopher in some ways that everybody comes to with their problems. Uh, he's the, the characters revolve around Alex, uh, but Alex is in many ways as befuddled as any of them. Uh, and it's not like Bob Newhart, where he's sort of like poking fun at all the grotesques. Um, in many ways, he's part of it. And I think Judd Hirsch uh, reigns, himself, reigns himself in because he has a tendency, as he showed in, the, in Independence Day, uh, to be quite a, a hammy actor when he wants to be. Um, I think here in Taxi, he really allows others uh, to shine. I'm not sure if he was an executive producer or not, but I know that you know he was the big name, and then you know they built the others around them. Obviously, Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd had both been. And one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Milos Forman's uh, incredible adaptation of Ken Kesey's novel that, of course, had Jack Nicholson and Chief Dan George in it. Um, but uh, both of them, uh, Christopher Lloyd and Danny DeVito, played inmates 
uh, in uh, the uh, insane asylum that uh, of, of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So both of them play these sort of, if not, uh, you know, sort of uh, figures that are definitely uh, what we would call um, unique and idiosyncratic and uh, as in, in Taxi. Um, there's actually, and I think Danny DeVito uh, probably comes out of this taxi. Of course, uh, Andy Kaufman, I think, the, the biggest star, um, is able to write his own ticket, the uh, Throw Mama from the Train, and other, other films afterwards. But I think, you know, as a, a, a thoroughly disgusting character, Louis De Palma, a thoroughly disgusting, like, a person, but again, you, you somehow feel for him. You feel for him because of his height, the fact that he's obviously a, so short of stature. And you can even understand how grimy and how perverted he is at times. Um, and uh, I should also mention by the fact, by the way, that uh, Louis's best friend, other than Nick Matowski, you know, Christopher Lloyd, uh, he obviously pushes uh, Andy Kaufman playing Latke around. But he also has a, an African-American fellow who's in the cage with him, Jeff. And um, again, as far as a film that really didn't make much of the fact that he was Black, uh, but clearly showed that you can have a relationship. There was a friendship there. Um, it, 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 you know, it was, in a way, I think, I'm not saying that it, 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 it cut any new ground in terms of television sitcoms or drama, but it was a very nice little aspect. And the fact was that uh, Louis was in a way, cordial to his uh, his coworker there, the, the the black fellow, in ways that I think sent the positive message in terms of race relations. I mean, I mean, African Americans have, have have constantly bemoaned the fact that in this era, this of glorious American sitcoms, they didn't exist. Right, Friends only tried to take a black character in very late into its run, um, and you go to these programs like Cheers. Um, or any of these programs, where's the black characters? And I think you know you you hear that voice from 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 many um, you know Jordan Peele, Spike Lee, and the others. Um, there was a black character in in Taxi. It wasn't one of the major characters, but it was a recurring role. And um, you know I think that in many ways it was it was it was a positive uh, program as far as that goes. So I would tell uh, our listeners if you can. I think it's a program that's not going to give you a lot of belly laughs, but I think it's a program that's going to give you a certain sense of, say, it'll satiate your desire for, for seeing uh, a little more artifice than, than Dragnet. But in many ways, it shares some of the same uh, aspects. It, it, it doesn't need to necessarily end in some big moral message. It doesn't need to have a certain dramatic arc. Um, and in that way, I think that it represents uh, a way to view something as, as an escape, but also as a way um, to comment on our lives, things that are people struggling. I mean, all the characters in Taxi are all uh, hoping to be something else, as I mentioned earlier. And I think the, uh, the program um, does a good job of indicating that many times as we are engaged in the struggle to find ourselves, 
we turn to the people around us who are in the same boat and we can get strength from them. And maybe that's a pretty good Thanksgiving message as well, wherever you are out there on this Thursday. Um, maybe not with the people that you would hope to be. Maybe they're in a different country. Uh, maybe you there's friction that, that stops you from really engaging the way you'd like to. But the people you are involved in, whatever type of job, whatever type of work you're doing, um, you can find some commonality there. And you're able to find maybe some humor, some pathos, and some ways to that we can somehow be part of, recognize that, that wonderful gift that God gave us, the sociability factor that we have as human beings. And we can be thankful for the fact that other human beings can reflect positively on us and give us a sense of encouragement towards perhaps the next step of where we're going to go. So that's it, my friends. Watch your step on the way out. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 